0: Welcome to Checking In, a Lodging DEI chat. I am your studio host, Oren Stewart. Stay tuned. You do not want to miss it. Once again, thank you for joining us here at Checking In. Now let's introduce our host, Miranda Kitterlin lynch and Leon Thomas. Welcome. Hey, Oren, thank you, good morning. Good morning to you both.
1: Hello, how are you?
0: All right. Hey, Miranda, here we are, here we are. What's happening, how you doing?
1: Awesome, I'm excited to be here. I'm super excited about our guest today.
0: Yeah, yeah, I am too. You know, this is rocking on. We're on episode what? 6?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: What? Are you kidding me? This <laughs> is this is rocking on. I'm loving it. I'm loving it, but check this out. Tell me. Not only are we a webcast podcast, you can check us out on podcast pod- platforms now too. <laughs> yeah. How good. Cool yeah. Check out them Apple so on Apple Google, Spotify, you name, iHeartRadio, Radio Radio Public, all those places, you go there and search for checking in, lodging DEI chat, you're going to find us, download it, listen to us while you're in your car, because we wouldn't want you, I mean, Miranda, we wouldn't want anybody on YouTube while they're driving, right?
1: I mean, definitely not while you're driving, while I'm driving.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, still, still rocking on. And if anybody wants to be a guest on on our show, how can they contact you?
1: Well, you can certainly find me on LinkedIn. You can Google me. I'm the only Miranda Kitterlin lynch you're going to find on the internet. I bet you a million dollars. You can also <laughs> email me at mkitterl at fiu.edu. And if you want to be on, please get in contact with us soon because that waiting list is growing.
0: It is. And you can reach me by sending me an email to Trainer at gmail.com. Miranda, I, I love that line you use. I'm the only Miranda Kidder Little Lynch out there. I, I just, I, that cracks me up every time you said it, but it, but it's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So That's Miranda, tell us about our, our guest today. I'm looking forward to this conversation.
1: Oh my gosh, our guest is incredible. I just love her. I had the very fortunate opportunity to spend some time with her in Chicago uh, back in September. We met to um, be a part of the PAVE Prevention Summit against workplace violence. She is not only an incredible person, but she's also an Olympic gold medalist. So not to brag, but I hang out with cool people. (laughs) Um, her name is Arlene Limas, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about the cool things that she's doing. And we're also going to tie it into DEI because certainly uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion does have a role in the prevention of workplace violence. So I'm really looking forward to chatting with her.
0: Absolutely, let's bring Arlene onto the show so I can meet this cool person that you hang out with. Hey, Arlene, how you doing?
2: Hello, Leon, hello, Dr. Miranda. So nice to see you guys. You as well, you as well. So I,
1: gave, sorry, Leon. I gave Leon a little bit of an introduction about who you are and what you do, but I'd love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about your background and
2: the very, very awesome things that you're working on today. Sure, so it's it's been a, um, a winding road to get to violence prevention in the workplace, but I'd, I'd love to share that with you. Uh, I am a lifelong martial artist. I don't remember much life without martial arts. I started when I was five uh, and martial arts and competitive sport martial arts has taken me all around the world to compete at the highest levels. Uh, one of those, as you mentioned, was the Olympic Games in 1988, where I did capture a gold medal, uh, also the world championships uh, in Greece in 91. And then that led me to coaching and teaching and um Always embracing the martial arts with my heart, I love it. Uh, and I, you know, I spent 30 plus years teaching and coaching, empowering people, teaching them to be confident, teaching them to, you know, be comfortable in their skin and comfortable in their surroundings. And um, through that, through that time, I noticed early on um, of I'll just say inappropriate relationships between instructors and teachers, coaches and athletes. Um, so it, it, it became kind of um, advocacy for, safer, for athletes to have safer play on and off the field um, became just a passion of mine, along with teaching and coaching. So um, when I realized that no matter how physically gifted and how much martial arts training my athletes had, they still were missing something to defend themselves. And what I mean—not physical skills, but the human safety skills that we try to impart at paid prevention now, which is setting a boundary, situational awareness, learning how to de-escalate situations, um, better communication skills. It's just—it—it uh, it seemed like such a no-brainer, but those skill sets are not being offered. Um, and so that's—that's that's what I've been trying to do for. The last 30 years is give that skill set to martial artists and athletes. Uh, it, it has been a little bit of an uphill, uh, pushing a rock uphill when it comes to within the Olympic family and the Olympic movement of, you know, trying to get buy-in on that. Um, but um, we're having a lot of success with PAVE. So when I retired from coaching and and, uh, and uh, teaching and taking off that hat, I then moved uh, to pay prevention and I feel like I'm doing the same thing, empowering people uh, just at work um, where we do most of our adult learning. So I'm I'm, I'm super excited.
1: I think it is such incredible work that you're doing and I'm so appreciative. And I think that it extends not just to athletics, but in any capacity, everyone should have these skills. And I don't think it's as widely spoken about. You asked me when we were having our discussion at the PAVE Prevention Summit in Chicago, you asked me how DEI plays into workplace violence prevention. And I'd love to carry on that conversation. I can't remember exactly
2: how you uh, phrased it. (laughs) Well, uh, I mean, I just, I believe strongly that if we don't have safe workplaces, how can we be inclusive? I mean, in, in addition to, in addition to creating a safe workplace, we have to understand that violence is impacting us all. That's a given. I've not had one conversation with anyone where they said, oh no, violence isn't impacting me. Violence is impacting us on all levels, whether that be a coworker, whether that be a family member, whether that be us ourselves. So if we are not keeping this in the conversation, violence prevention in the conversation, how inclusive can we truly be? If we're not creating safe spaces and healing spaces, how can we say we're inclusive? And I think that's for me, it's it's a no-brainer. Absolutely, Leon.
0: You know, when I, I want to go back to something, Arlene, that you mentioned about about coaching, and that often uh, we don't teach kids. I'm, I'm a racquetball coach that we don't teach kids how to be safe. Um, There's so many, recently, so many requirements now that coaches have to meet in terms of uh, background checks and and, criminal backgrounds and educational backgrounds and all that. That's important for coaching. I'm wondering why that doesn't happen in the workplace, that before you are allowed to lead a group of individuals, before you're even allowed to bring in a college intern into your organization, that that leader doesn't go through some background check, very similarly to what a youth coach would go through or a high school coach would go through. What are your thoughts on that? Why why isn't that happening and, and should it happen? Uh,
2: I'm, again, I'm all for those I'll call them conventional ways at violence prevention or mitigating violence, for violence uh, or predatory behavior, especially in sports. Background checks and all those things very important. But we also know that you know, um, Dr. Nasser could pass any background check you can imagine, and he still was a horrible predator. Uh, and we see that over and over again. Uh, I'm sure as a coach, you are familiar with safe sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think as safe sport stumbles through what it eventually will look like, I think how quite often sport ushers in social chains or has social impact, I think safe sport has the ability to have that social impact on violence prevention and keeping our young people safe and then turn athletes, high level athletes are especially at risk Um so to get back to your question, um, I think it could do some good. I think it wouldn't hurt us. It would, you know, it would give us some indication. But there are so many people who just slip through the cracks or know how... they. Predators are good at what they do, uh, you know. So they're able to maneuver the system and still put themselves out there and, you know, have access to people. So I think that's why creating spaces in the workplace that allow for communication instead of allowing things to kind of hide in the dark um, shed light on stuff have communication talk to each other because you know if those athletes with dr nasser felt like they could talk to each other about what was happening and when that actually started happening and they were having discussions that's when the light was shed on it so creating you know Empowering an employee, empowering an athlete uh, to be able to speak up and use their voice, to me, that's going to be our true, our true uh, game changer. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a really powerful statement, um, and I think it's it, again, even outside of athletics, empowering anybody to speak up is a game changer. And I can, I can guess that this happens more often than it should. Well, it should never happen. I can guess that there are often times where an only lonely, for example, the only woman in an organization or the only woman in leadership or the only person of color in leadership, I can imagine that it's very difficult at times for them to speak up. Yes. So uh,
2: I wonder what we could do well, and this goes to your point of DEI, right? I mean, that's why those things are so important so people don't feel isolated so that they, you know, look around the room and they see people uh, that look like them, that, you know, move like them, that talk like them. You know, this is this is why it's it's important.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I just, I'm such a big fan of your work. Tell me what is next? What is the next step with PAVE?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we, We think our approach, which is heavy on assessments, is really going to be a game changer for us and for people to see the importance of what we're doing. So we've created what we call an employee experience survey. Uh, It's assessment around toxicity and aggression in the workplace. It's able to give an organizational score, which I think is going to be really powerful. Um, So we're super excited about getting as much data as we can on that. Uh, And being able to work with corporations and organizations at a minimum for them to take the assessment and have this valuable information. And then we hope that that leads to us coming in and doing our work, which is imparting that skill set of human safety skills under a trauma informed training session. That's really heavy on scenarios because we learn things differently when we're adrenalized. Uh, And we process it differently and we retain it differently, when we're adrenalized. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, it's so interesting. You talked about being able to communicate at work. Uh, Miranda, you talked about being the only female or the only, only person of color. And I've been that only person of color in, in many, many organizations, particularly when I worked in the hotel business and I felt, um, that I wasn't always supported, that I wasn't always listened to uh and even in some cases believed when I would bring up an issue and I can feel i felt the frustration uh welling up in inside, and you know I didn't do anything violent but i i I have to think that that some have. And that violence doesn't have to be, you know, bringing a gun or a knife to work. It just could just be the escalated conversation that happens, um, and that that happens in in the workplace more more than one could think. And then you have that that idea of HR that they're not there for me; they're there to protect the company. And so there are many many employees that just won't go talk to someone about that. What are what are some things that that an individual could do when they're feeling that way? Um, how how should they they handle it? I know that you're doing a lot now and it has some other things coming up, but what, what are some suggestions you could make for someone like me that feels that they need to talk to someone, but don't feel supported, and how do you deescalate? Well,
2: I will tell you that I'm, I would imagine that there are a lot of people that are feeling like you. Uh, I remember, I'll share this with you, I remember, My uncle has since passed, but he was a federal judge. (laughs) And I had conversations with him about what was happening within the sport of taekwondo. And when I shared with him the predatory behavior of some of the national coaches and what was happening and how athletes were literally disappearing, just leaving the sport that they were passionate about, putting their dreams aside because of what was happening, when I spoke with him, his response to me was, you must be embellishing because if this were happening at the levels that you were saying, someone would do something about it. And this was my, my own family member who I was sharing this information with. Um, so I, I would imagine for you, it was incredibly frustrating. And I would say that we just, we don't give up the fight and we try to change culture because we know how that feels. So we don't give up the fight We continue to do what we're doing and try to create more communicative workspaces and the DEI work you're doing, because maybe if there was one other person that looked like you, Leon, in that room, you could have diffused or at least had a conversation about what you were going through, you know? Um, So I would highly recommend that, that we keep fighting our fight, but when you're there alone, we do, during our training, we do a lot of work on understanding when you're adrenalized and how that can quickly turn into an escalated event. So if we can at least identify when we're adrenalized, maybe be mindful of who we're speaking with as being adrenalized, we can go back to our checklist of, okay, let me breathe. Let me ground myself. Let me find the techniques that allow me to come to center a little bit, and maybe we can have this conversation tomorrow, <laughs> you know, uh, without it escalating. We're, we're doing some work. Uh, Dr. Miranda knows this. We have uh, uh, been selected as a training partner for a new community responder program in Oakland, in the city of Oakland. Um, they chose to create their kind of new look at policing, community policing. Through a program called the Macro Responders. And they're housed actually under the fire department so that they can um, really distance themselves a little more from the police department. And teaching those responders how to identify when they're adrenalized, when they enter into a situation, and then how they ground during the situation and then after, because your body holds on to that, uh, has been, uh, I think, one of the The best part of our programming
1: there. That's incredible. And two things, pardon me, three things. First, I want to remind our listeners that when we talk about workplace violence, we're not just talking about the overt physical violence. Workplace violence can include any form of mistreatment, workplace bullying, sexual harassment, microaggressions, etc. So uh, we're talking about violence at every level. Um, The other thing is uh, you you mentioned keep fighting the fight. And I think that's something that Leon and I say, probably every show in one way or another, because we're not going to stop talking about the things until the things are changed, right? We're not gonna, we're never gonna stop. Um, so I think that that is a very, very valuable statement for everyone to carry with them moving forward. Um, finally. um
2: Miranda, I just wanna, I just wanna sure. chime in. I think that, you know, when you say yes, microaggressions and gaslighting, all those little things that contribute, right? If we can somehow diffuse those, I I wish I would have saved the article, but I read this article years ago and it said that it takes like 13 smaller events to lead up to a physical event, right? Like, you know, Somebody kicked my chair and then they spoke loud. I mean, it's just these series of events that lead to a physical, full blown physical event. Mm-hmm. If we could stop it at seven, if we could stop it at 12 because someone has the skill set to do that, man. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that it's so important to start learning. Um, you mentioned recognizing when you're adrenalized. I think it's so important to start learning that as early as you can, because, you know, I'm not as young as I look. (laughs) um, These are things that I'm just now learning and it's valuable to me, you know, not only as an individual, but as a parent, because now I can encourage my daughters to start learning, you know, things like this early on and kind of uh, mitigate some of the negative experience that they otherwise could have faced.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think athletes have and Leon can speak to this as well. I mean, I think athletes kind of know like, oh, I'm over I'm, I'm over adrenalized in the middle. Let me calm down. Let me breathe. I've just given up three big points in a row. I need to, you know, circle back and, you know, and, and, and you know, mitigate what's happening right now. I think there's so much to be learned from sports. I mean, I'm a big fan of that. I've been involved in sports my entire life. Uh, But the the average person doesn't, realize that doesn't realize what's happening what's going on why am I feeling a little sweaty behind my neck why am I being so triggered by what this conversation is Mm -hmm. Uh, and just knowing that it gives you the chance to step back and go okay why is it really about this or is it something that happened to me this morning at the coffee shop that's stressing me out you know Um, it's important it's important work and just got to keep doing it, man. And I'm excited that I have the opportunity with PAVE to do it.
0: You know, when you, you talked about the correlation that an athlete can feel that, that adrenaline rolling, right? And when you, when you feel it at, at work combined with things that are going on outside of work, right? Things like you, you, you look at what a family is going through. You wake up early, you get the kids ready, and of course the kids don't want to get out of bed, and they, you know, you have to make the lunches, and you're driving to school, and there's a, an accident, or someone cuts you off, and, you know, all of that, and then you get to work, and you're remembering what happened yesterday, and the day before, and the ride home. We all go go through a lot, and I, I was so interesting and, and glad to hear you say. You know, if we stop it at 11 incidents, if we stop it at 10, that's going to make a difference because we all go through stuff. I mean, even even today, let me just tell you, I was watching television last night and I fell asleep in my favorite recliner. I didn't get to go to bed. Now, I didn't get the full rest, but I know me, I'm not going to be right today because of that. Right. And so when we all start to recognize that, you know, I'm glad I don't have an office to go to today because this wouldn't be a good time for me to be in an office environment. But we all have to recognize it. But also, if I needed to talk to someone, even the way I just vented to the two of you and everybody that's listening right now about what I'm going through right now, if there's someone at work that I could share that with and we have that five or 10 minute conversation over a cup of coffee or a bottle of water that helps right
2: yes exactly and Leanne I would take your story right now one step further right you you know that your day your your day is going to be a little off kilter because of last night imagine if that was a domestic violence situation not just an uncomfortable uh, you know or knowing that you have to go into an office and you have a toxic you know toxic toxic culture there or you have a predatory boss there you know, mm-hmm. it 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 continues. We call it the dominoes. You know, the dominoes continue to fall uh, when things like this happen, and we have to stop the dominoes from falling. That's mm-hmm. you know, we want to disrupt the dominoes of violence. That's what we say. Uh, so, yeah, you know, today you just sharing that with Miranda and I, Doctor Miranda and I. Now you can go like, oh, all right, yeah, I can sleep as good as I did. I can be a little mindful now. You know.
0: Right. Yeah. And and I did. I mean, I, I kind of did. And, all right.
2: I'm I'm
0: a little <laughs> better now. I'm a little better. Yeah. Thank you, Miranda. You know, it, it
1: almost triggered me as you were describing, you know, getting ready because you basically were describing my morning, trying to get the kids ready and fighting them to get their jackets on and getting the lunches. Um, I was just thinking also, I think that there's a lot to be gained, a lot of value in showing one another a little bit of grace, because we don't know how many incidences people have gotten to before they get to us. Maybe they're on their 12th incident that day before they reach us. And if we just show each other a little bit of grace, a little bit of understanding, compassion, et cetera, I think that that, you know,
2: kind of goes along with what we're saying, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we, uh, we have to, um, I'm, I'm trying to remember the quote of my, my good friend, Julie Harmon, who everyone seems to try to steal from me when I use it. Um, but we have to have, you know, conversations around intention uh, and, um, you know, offer people grace, as you're saying, you know, take a step back. Okay, what really happened? What was their intentions? You know, cut some people some slack and, and allow people to self-correct, right? Let me correct. If I, did something that offended you, or I did something that was, you know, out of line, call me on the carpet, let me self-correct, check my intention, you know, and let's move forward to there. And that's what I think healthy workplaces look like.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, everyone listening, please don't get, don't get me wrong. I don't mean cut people slack for misbehavior, of course. but maybe of course. Some understanding, you know, for, for, for life. Right. Um, and I believe our last guest on our show, Nick, actually stole your Julie Harmon quote. <laughs> yeah.
2: Normalize mistakes and have conversations around intention.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I love that.
2: Awesome.
1: Um, Leon, did you have anything you wanted to ask before we?
0: No, I'm I'm all set. You go ahead and take the take the last one, and then we'll bring uh, bring Orin in.
1: Awesome. So, Arlene, let me ask you something that I love to ask anyone that I get the opportunity. What would you tell your 20 year old self if you could go back in time?
2: Wow. I would tell myself that the fight is not going to be easy. Uh, because at that time, I thought I could just talk to a few people and things would change because they'd see it like I. I saw it, so I would I would remind myself that the fight's not going to be easy, but it's worth it.
1: That's awesome. I love that. Thank you so, so much. It has been such a
2: pleasure to chat with you. Uh, it was an honor to be on, and I, I love the work that you're doing, Dr. Miranda. You know I'm a huge fan, and Leon, what a nice opportunity to meet you here.
0: Great. It's great to meet you, too. Thank you for, for being with us here on Checking in a DEI chat. Let's bring in our studio host, Oren Stewart. What an amazing episode, you all. What a great conversation you all have had. Thank you once again for joining us, for checking in a Lodging DEI chat. Please continue to come back. We have so many great episodes in store. Take care. Stay tuned.